What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 100. We did it! I don't know. Is that a proper song for that? It is now. <laughs> What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, can you believe we've been doing this for 100 weeks in a row? I can't believe it. 100 weeks. Remember when we started it? It was just, we're like, we might as well record our voices, see what it sounds like. And uh, here we are, 100 weeks later. My God. And like the patron podcast, like we've, we're podcast veterans at this point. We're doing a lot of shows, but this one specifically, it's the 100th episode. So just wanted to mention that a little bit in the beginning. And thank you, the listener, for allowing us to get this far. It's really appreciated, and we have a lot of fun doing it, right, Mitch? It is a blast. Like it, it, it sounds like a chore because we do it almost every day, but it's a lot of fun to sit in front of a microphone and not always having to like tippy tap your your words out. You could just let it come out naturally. Uh, you know, sometimes that says something stupid, but that's the entertainment part of this. That's what I love. It's actual entertainment. I love it. You can hear my yeah, chairs squeak and squawk. <laughs> Should be getting a new one in two weeks. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Upgrades all around on the That's pod. what happens when you hit 100 podcasts, right? You get upgrades. <laughs> you get upgrades. New chair, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. Living the life. Uh, unfortunately, though, Mitch, for our 100th episode, it comes in the middle of July when not a whole lot is going on. Yep. So we do have some things to talk about, of course, but it's not anything or it's like, super pressing like a big trade or anything like that which where is- there is a will there is a way is what the Care Bears taught me okay um are you, have you watched that recently with your kids or is that like a, you watched that growing up i just remember that growing up that's all locked up in here i don't know how you have the brain capacity to remember <laughs> oh i don't i don't remember what i did yesterday but i darn well remember what the Care Bears what was his name oh god i remember i, I remember the, the brown one he had brown fur and the heart Oh, Tenderheart? No, they're all Care Bears. It's Tenderheart oh. was his name. He was like okay. in a cell or something in No Heart's Castle, and then he was trying to get out, and he's like, where there's a will, there's a way. Or maybe that was Lionheart. I forget. One of them said that. I don't remember any of this. This is all news to me. But speaking of news, we do have some New York Islanders news, so we will start with the big news of the week, which is Simon Holmstrom, the 2019 first-round pick, signing his ELC. Did you expect this, Mitch? Uh, not really. I'm glad you said Holmstrom, because I wrote Wallstrom in our running <laughs> order. Yeah, I had to do a little Mitch dyslexia translation on the... Yeah, uh, uh, good job by you for knowing me. No, I wasn't quite expecting it that quickly. Really, he was a surprise to begin with, so I guess he's going to be a surprise for the rest of his career, I, I suppose, at this point, right? I hope so. Uh, a surprise would be uh, 
good surprises, him, obviously. Yeah, I would be him turning out to be a uh, top six forward sooner rather than later. Uh, because I, for one, I think I made it pretty clear that I wasn't in love with the pick. I think they reached for him a little bit. So if you surprise by getting signed early and then potentially, I don't know, who knows, maybe you surprise on the ice as well. That would be great. So the surprise here, not only did they pick him 23rd when they probably could have got him later, they probably could have traded down, assuming a trade was available. Right. Um, they did not, but they signed him now to a three-year ELC. Um, and again, he had 20 games. Was it 20, 21 games last year? 21 with the HV 71 under 20 team. You're like, that's not a huge sample size. Like they play more games than that because he was injured. He was injured for a good portion of the season. Uh, and then they go and head and boom, you're going to get the full three-year ELC. And you're going, what do they see in this kid? What do they see in him exactly? I don't know, but I guess I would think, again, this is me just trying to get into Lou's head and see his logic. Mm-hmm. I would assume he thinks that he, this kid Holmstrom's going to play in Sweden this year. And then after one more year there, make the transition. Because if not, then why are you signing him now? Right. I get you could always just sign him later. Uh, you could sign him now. It's fine. Like all that's going to happen is that the ELC will slide an extra year, so you don't lose anything out of it, really. Unless you play him ten games in the NHL and then send him to Sweden, but that doesn't sound. That's that's way too dumb. There's no way they would ever do that. No. Right. That's oh, you took the words out of my mouth. It's, the ELC is going to slide anyway, so. If you do it now versus next year, it's not a huge difference. No, but there is the idea that if you if you're that willing to sign or you're, you're that, um, I I don't want to use the word stress, but I will just because I can't think of a better word. If you're that stressed to get him under contract now, it tells you something. Like they really like this kid, and if he does well in camp, they don't want to have to send him over to Sweden. They'd rather keep him here, uh, not in the NHL here, but at least in Bridgeport here. Do you think that's a option? It is absolutely one hundred percent is an option. So, like his coach or not his coach, his sporting director for HV seventy one, Jung Kuping, wherever I, I think it's like in northern Sweden that they're that they're located. Um, their GM, so sporting director, I forget his his full name, but it's fine. Said that they're very interested in getting him over. Now, maybe there's there's some loss in translation there. Where very interested is just him reflecting on the fact that they signed him so quickly. Or that there's this this kind of back backdoor dialect saying like we want to bring him dialect dialogue, um, we want to bring him over to Bridgeport n- this year, this year, not next year, this year. Um, you you again, sound I, like you don't think it's a possibility. No, I don't. And maybe I'm taking too much stock out of what I saw at the blue and white scrimmage. Right, but he did not appear to be. On the same level of an Oliver Wallstrom or a Kiefer Bellows. I I don't know. Are we really going to convince ourselves that he's going to be able to play on this ice surface like right away? Well, he's eventually going to have to make that cold turkey transition, right? I don't know. But if you're like, oh, well, we drafted you and now three months later, here, here you go. You're going to go right onto this new. But he's not going to get between now and next year that much more North American skating experience, right? Or competitive experience, even like he's just not going to get it. It's just whether he gets it now or later. Might as well do it now because then you get it for longer. Um, I I don't know. What's the Lou quote that you always use with the time? If you have time, take it. Yeah, there you go. Why rush him? Let him get his confidence back up in Sweden. Sure. Yeah, and then say, hey, all right, now we'll bring you over to. Uh, North America, you'll play with the little team we like to call the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, and your ELC will slide, so no big deal. Yeah, I can get behind that. Look, his dad's an assistant coach over at HE71. You don't think he wants to coach his son for a year? Probably. I would think so, yeah. So, I, I'm not sure he plays in Bridgeport this year. The option is obviously open. I think they've given them the option to do so. Um, why they did it now, I don't know. Like, why couldn't they just go through... Um, at training camp, maybe they would have to sign him to a bunch of like performance bonuses that they did not do now. So, like that's a possibility. So that I guess my next question is: He's we're under the assumption that he's going to be here for training camp, right? Oh yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't. This isn't like an NCAA thing where if you show up to a training camp, you can't go to 
uh, you can't play for your team. As far as I'm, I'm aware of, I don't think European clubs have that restriction. The well, the only thing that I'm thinking of is when was it? It was definitely a couple years ago at this point. But didn't Sorokin come over here at one point during minicamp around again, like in mm-hmm. like the June time? But then he wasn't here for the training camp, no. right? Because the KHL season started, and that's a possibility. Okay. Like maybe he misses some of the the the, the uh, what you call it uh, the season with with HV seventy one. Maybe he does that. I don't know if he's got a contract with them. Um, I, I don't know how that works necessarily in terms of the European leagues. Um, but I would imagine if the offer is available to play in Bridgeport, he will take it. Okay. Right? Like, why wouldn't you want to play in Bridgeport over HV71? If the team likes you that much, you're going to gain some confidence out of it. Why not play in Bridgeport? You're going to say, no, I'd rather play on the larger ice over there and eventually come back to the, the, lar- the smaller ice. Why would you do that? You got the chance now. Do it. Take it. I just I'm not sure the Islanders are going to give him that chance. Sure, yeah, you could sell me on that, um, but they're going to try to give him the opportunity. They're going to give. They're going to present him the door and say, "Here's the door that you can walk through to the AHL. It is up to you to walk through it. We've shown it to you. We've given you the keys. It is up to you to unlock it and get through there." Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well, but I just see him as more of a long term development thing. Which means going back to home country for one more year, and then at that point, so twenty twenty, coming yeah. over and playing in the AHL. Sure, but if he stays now, just think of the the power, the power, the talent that they would have in Bridgeport, Wallstrom, Bellows, um, Wild, Aho, um, Koivula, Koivula, uh, Linus Soderstrom. Like I assume he's still there. He's still coming. Right, like he was supposed to play yeah, last year. Yeah, he was just year. hurt last year. Yeah, and like he, there's there's some promise there. We haven't seen a lot from him, but there, there's there's something there. So that that's a that that could be a really good team out in Bridgeport next year. And who knows what happens with Joshua Sane? Maybe he plays like a fifth year in the AHL. He becomes Steve Bernier, <laughs> poor, who poor they Joshua also Sang, signed. Man. Poor Joshua Sang, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, but no, you you are right in terms of that they do have talent, even if uh, Holmstrom isn't. There, it's still going to be a team that's probably going to make the playoffs now. I don't like to say that because who knows with the AHL, uh, it's not as it's not like the NBA where you go, you can you can clearly see that the talent like the talent moves fluidly, that's right? True. In the AHL, it could come up, it could go down. That's true. So who knows? Uh, okay. I'd like to think so because so, think- that would be the third time in eight years for the Sound Tigers that they make the playoffs. Not a good yeah, get those numbers up. <laughs> get those numbers up. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I don't think Holmstrom really has too much of a shot to play in the AHL this year. I think he goes back to uh, Sweden for HV71 for one more year and then eventually comes over the year after in that ELC slides. You're probably right. I'm going to I'm going to give it a 60% chance he plays in Sweden and a 40% chance in the AHL, which I think is higher than you you'd be willing to go. Yeah, I think it's like ninety ten. Yeah, see, like I'm I'm more bullish on that, and still I don't favor the AHL over it. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, so with that, we can move on to our next topic, which is talking about a specific RFA. Yeah. So the Islanders have three of them: in Anthony Beauvillier, Josh Hosang, and Michael Dal Cole. We want to talk a little bit about Anthony Beauvillier, who his agent came out and had some words to say about the negotiations with the New York Islanders and how they haven't really even happened yet. But I guess what we'll do is just talk about what we think the AAV could be and what kind of term he's going to be getting, whether it's going to be just a one-year deal, a two-year bridge deal, or a multi-year deal. Right. Uh, If you are a subscriber of our on Patreon, you would have heard this already. Um, So if you you know, want to get on on Patreon and get this stuff a little bit earlier, head on over there and you would have got it a couple days early. But here we go. Uh, so, Beauvillier and his agent, Philippe uh, Le Cavalier, uh, we're talking at Beau's uh, second annual spike ball tournament. We're talking, had were approached or spoke to, I don't know if Le Cavalier was actually there, but this is all in relation to that same piece. Uh, and mentioned that, the, the, like you said, the negotiations with the Islanders have not moved uh, or have not started. 
uh, but that he believes they'll probably get a two-year deal, which makes absolute Fair. sense when you look at Pulak and Tays getting two-year deals from Lularello. Right, and just I don't know. It seems like the landscape around the league is like I follow Cap Friendly on Twitter, which I mean everyone should, mm-hmm. but. If they tweet out a lot of signings and stuff like that, it seems like most of the RFA ones are two-year deals. Yeah, it's typically a two-year two-year bridge deal, a couple of million dollars more than they're getting now, or like well under market value if you're Kevin LeBanc, you know, for one year. I um, still don't understand that. Can I, like, can can we get Doug Wilson as our next GM, please? Like, how does he get that to happen? Where they they get Carlson for eleven billion dollars and then Kevin LeBanc at one. How do they convince him to bet on himself? Like God. Smooth talker. All in. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um so now with, with Bo, he had one heck of a bad year last year, and that didn't help. That's not gonna help him going into this negotiation. No, not great. Uh he's coming off what was it, twenty eight points? Twenty eight points and eight points off from last year. Yeah, 18 goals, which that's not terrible. True. That's true. But, I mean, 10 assists. Uh, Anthony Bovillier, not an assist guy. He's 15, 15, and 10 is his assist numbers over. Talk about rookie numbers that need to be pumped up. Dem rookie numbers. Uh, We would like that to be 20 plus. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with him scoring more goals than he creates assists. But if that's going to be the case, I'd like to see 30 goals. 30 goals, 20 assists. That's a 50-point player, and you're scoring 30 goals. If you're going to be a goal-centric guy, I want to see more than 18 goals. Cases Zekas had more goals than that. That's not a knock against Cases Zekas. That's no. a knock against a guy who's not a knock, but that's a knock against Bo, where a, a guy who's getting, let's let's be honest, third to fourth line minutes, scoring two more goals than he is. And like 68% of his uh, zone starts in the defensive zone, and he still scored two more goals than he did. Come on. Right, like that, not the goals, but the overall points, like 28 points, that's closer to fourth-line production than it is to third-line production even. Like great fourth-line production, maybe not great, yeah. good fourth-line production, but you know, you, when you draft a guy first round, you don't expect fourth-line production. No, and I don't think anyone would consider Beauvillier a fourth-line player. I mean, I'm not no. saying that he is, but that that kind of season that he put up, if you just... If you put blinders on and just looked at <laughs> yeah. the points categories and saw 28, you're thinking, ah, that's not great. No. You, maybe you can get away with it on the third line. You wouldn't love it, but, I mean, it's not top six, and right now he's probably the second best Islanders left winger. Oh, God. Like, yeah, probably. Well, yeah, third. Are we counting Bailey in there? I don't because he's played on the right side the last three years. That's true. God, <laughs> I want him to be better. I want and and we we talked about it the other day. Uh, there is that that one you know like sample size that half season where like oh, there's a player there, right? Like two years ago, there's oh god, yeah, it makes you think. From January to April, he went off. He finished the year with 36 points, 21 goals, 15 assists. He had himself a pretty solid year. And he was on pace for like 58 points, if I remember correctly. Over yeah. That span. Uh, if you want to vamp, I can do the math real quick. Yeah. The, the thing that frustrates me the most with Anthony Beauvillier, and I said it a lot on that Patreon show, was we're heading into year four of him in the NHL, and we have no clue what this guy <laughs> is. Not a single clue. Is he a top six player? Is he a third line player? We don't really know. And the reason for that is because he's been shuffled around a lot on the lines. He's played with Barzal. He's been bumped down on that second line. And he's also been on the third line with Valtteri Filippula and Leo Komarov last year. He hasn't really shown any form of consistency where, like, if he goes out and if he puts up 35 points again this year, then you say, okay, he's a he's a third-line player. And that's fine, but I, I guess I just want to know what it is that Anthony Bovillier is. Is it that third-line player, or is he going to hit that peak in the second half of 2017-2018 again? Right, and that's the thing. The fact that we don't know what he can be, that's 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 not great at all. So in 39 games in the season between January 13th and April, I believe it's 7th against Detroit, he scored 28 points. 28 points of his 36. That means in the first, how many games did he play that year? 71. 
in the first do the math, he had eight points. That's awful. Just terrible. Again, fourth line production. That's true. So he was putting up a .71 or .72 points per game pace between January 13th and April 7th. Ridiculous. You multiply that by 82 times 82. It's on pace for 58.87. So 59 points is what he was on pace for over a full season in that stretch between January 13th and April 7th. Right. And that's not like, that's a pretty good stretch of games. It's not like a 10 game 39 games. 39 games. Essentially half a season. Yeah. Yeah. It's two games away from being half a season. So that's a good, like we said, that's a good chunk. And, he just never really was. The, there was, I think we went over it the other day. There was maybe a 10 game stretch in January where he looked like he was going to figure something out. So, you mean this year? This most recent this, year? Yeah, this. Yeah, most games year. number 17 through like 32. It was a 16 game sample where he looked really good and then nothing. His first 16 games, one point. One. He scored one goal against, uh, I forget, I think it was the Flyers. That's you worse know. than fourth line. <laughs> really bad. And then the next 16 games, he put up some like, I don't know, 10 points or something like that. It was close. To, it was close to almost a point. And you're like, all right, here it goes. And then just disappeared again. Again, 10 points out of 28. Half his production is at that 16 game sample size. Not True. good. Not good. No. So we've given you a lot of context now. So I guess we can get into what the AAV is going to be first before we start talking about term. And. To me, I think he's going to get a raise. I don't think it's going to be like Devontae's who took less money. No. Because he's, he, compared to Taze, has played in the NHL where, you know, we we know that Taze didn't at that point, so it's a little bit more of a risk. But I also don't think it's going to get as high as Ryan Pulak because Pulak was more established in a bigger role when he got his two-year deal at $2 million. Yeah. So... I think it's you're probably looking at between one and one and a half. No. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like we we have to like we said in the pod the the, the Patreon. So again, if you haven't subscribed, please go. I'm selling it. I'm selling it hard. Uh, just because there you're getting three to, to four podcasts extra a week. A week. That means you're getting five podcasts minimum a week extra. I'm well, not extra with this one. So think about it. Content. Um, that that's a dollar a pod, not even. It's way less than that. Anyways, um, it's five bucks a month, and you're getting four times four. That's another sixteen plus these. So you're up to twenty. Think about it. That's, that's what a quarter or something. I can't do math. I mean, my spreadsheets to right. do it for me. Um. Anyways, we got Kevin LeBanc signing at a million dollars. That's bottom line. It has to be. You can't get less than that. Like you, you could, I guess. You could arguably say like you're way less worth than Kevin LeBanc, who scored 56 points this year, 40 points last year. Bo is nowhere near that. Um, no, you could say that. You know, you take a hit, bud. Take a hit. You're gonna have to. Jordan Eberle took a five hundred thousand dollar hit, and he's that's, a nine year veteran in the NHL. That's different though, because he got term. Like, yeah, that's true. Uh, he got what thirty million over five years. Yeah, yeah. that's different. Beauvillier is probably looking at or thirty million over six, isn't it? No, it's a five-year deal. So that'd be twenty-five then. At five and a half. Oh right, he was making six. You're right. Sorry, I thought he was making five and a half. Yes, you're right. So, uh, with Beauvillier, I, th- I don't know. LeBlanc is such an outside the box contract. We don't see that usually. No. Especially coming off a year like that where you showed progressive growth. You went from in the 40s in points to in the 50s in points. Usually you cash in on a nice little deal. Right. The Sharks, we don't know what kind of wizardry they're pulling out in San Jose, but it's obviously working. Right. So to me, that's that's the base. You can't go, you, you probably won't go any lower than that. And then you definitely don't go any higher than Ryan Pulak because like you said, he's the number one defenseman then. But you also can't go any higher than uh, Anthony Duclair, who signed out in Ottawa on a single-year deal at $1.6 million. You ain't going more than that. 
they're comparable players in terms of how they play and the production that they give and where they are in their careers-ish. Duclair has traded three times, so maybe a little different. He still got $1.6 million. Um, but there's no way Bo gets that. I think we settled... Well, not I think. I know we settled on $1.25 million. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Even if it was one and a half, like, I'm not going to complain about Anthony Beauvillier making one and a half million dollars against the cap. No, I, I think they could definitely get him for less. So if they get him for more than one and a quarter, I'd go, wow, really? Like, you probably could have got him for less. But am I going to cry over $250,000 they, they lose on the cap? And I'm using air quotes on the lose. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even if he does put up. 30 points I, they're, they're paying Cal Clutterbuck three <laughs> times as much as what Bovillier would be getting essentially yeah that's true that is true um, but where we might differ and uh, or where we might I know we do is on term how much term would you give him I think it's a two year deal so, I think he's getting that bridge deal I think a one year deal is best for him okay Both. how come so he needs motivation he needs it he got sent down to the AHL, got kicked in the butt, came back, scored a .72 points per game. Pretty good motivation. Same thing this year. It didn't really last, but you know the motivation wasn't as strong, or the motivator, the act wasn't as strong as this one, where they demoted him to, for, to the third line. Immediately produced, right? That four points against the Rangers. It was that, seventh, that 16 games, the first 16 games of the season, one point, sent him down to the third line on game number 17, four points, and scored a bunch more in that 16-game sample. And then it went away. Um, he needs something to motivate him. And if it's going to be a contract, or better, yeah, there, there should be nothing more than a contract to motivate you. Um, why not give him a one-year deal? Uh, I don't know, because then you're going to have to go through this whole thing over again next year. Do we think he's going to come out here and hit 60 points? And even if he does, do you think he then goes like, give me eight years at $6 million? I don't think so. I think he still does like a Brock deal. Like, give me four and a half. And at that point, he might be a 60-point player at best. He might not be. But if he's if he's peaking at, at, at 40 to 60, but within that range and we're paying him 4.5, I'm perfectly fine with that. Here's what my plan slash what I think is going to happen. Okay. So I would go two years at one and a quarter. Yep. And then I think he's going to establish himself as a third line player. So I think between 35 and maybe 40 points. Yeah, you're probably right. And then at that point, maybe you're looking to give him like a five-year deal with a cap hit of, who knows what inflation is going to look like in two years, but maybe at that point it's four million instead of three and a quarter or three and a half that he'd be getting now. That sounds completely reasonable and fair to me. I really do. I just like the idea of Bo betting on himself and not only the team giving him a, motiv- a motivating uh, or motivation to produce, but himself giving him that motivation. Uh, and I hope that a one-year deal could do that for him, or I think it could. We'll see if I'm right, though. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to be waiting around for a while, it seems like, I think because so. the his agent said that Negotiations haven't even started yet, right? Yeah, and like they're they're in no rush. Bo's not going anywhere, no. right? Like they could trade him, sure, but other than that, he's not going anywhere. And why would they trade him necessarily? Unless they're they're getting a better return one on one, whatever. Yeah, I don't think that happens, but we'll see. Maybe they put him in a package with with Nick Letty and something else for someone bigger. Yeah, okay, sure, fine, that's all right. But like that's that could have happened even if he was signed. Yeah, that that's very true. Even if after the RFA deal comes into place, there there could be a trade. So. Yeah, unless you sign him to an absolutely horrendous deal, then he doesn't move. But with the, with the deals that we're talking about, it's still movable. Exactly. So so with that, let's move on to our next topic, which not necessarily an Islanders news, but again, the NHL has been rather quiet this past week. But there was a signing right after, pretty much right after we recorded last week's show. Yeah. And it's a guy that we talked about on that show and on multiple other shows. So free agency has been pretty much dried up. But Ryan Dezingle, a free agent that just about the only free agent we were interested in, he got locked up by the Carolina Hurricanes on a very reasonable deal, a two-year deal at a three point. 
375 yes. cap hit? That's correct. Um, where's Lou Lamarillo? <laughs> What's happening here? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that? <laughs> yeah, I would. Who says he was, he was even interested, right? Like he didn't want. Why to go isn't to, he interested? He didn't want to go to Columbus. Although, like, why would you go to oh, Carolina if Dzingel? You mean? Yes. Okay. And and Lou, who says Lou is even interested? Should be. I don't like the idea that Ryan Dzingel is like the linchpin for the success of this of this franchise's free agency period. What do you mean? Do you not want a fifty-point player on the second line? All I'm seeing is all I'm saying is seeing. All I'm saying is with Dzingel, it seems like we didn't get Dzingel. Oh, we failed! This is the worst free agency period ever. We didn't get Ryan Dzingel. No, no, we're focusing on the wrong thing. We didn't get Artemi Panarin. We shouldn't be saying like, "Oh, we get we didn't get Panarin." Maybe we can get Ryan Dzingel. Get all excited about that. We're getting excited about Ryan Dzingel. Sure, he scored, what is it, 26 goals this year? 26 yep. goals this year, 23 goals that last year. 14 the year before that, and 3 the year before that. This guy's 27 years old. Who knows if he can still be that player? Who knows? 44 for points. Years. We're essentially getting ourselves hyped for Brock Nelson 2.0. Okay, We literally just talked about minutes ago that Anthony Beauvillier is on the second line right now. I, I know that, but all, all, I'm not saying like we, we shouldn't get this guy because he's not a good player. I'm just saying that we're building this up. We're building it up like he would have been... Um, How do I say this? Like the... Would have changed our tides altogether. Like, oh, we got Ryan Dezingle, Stanley Cup contenders. Hold, let's pump the brakes here. We're talking about Brock Nelson 2.0. Like, not, not this Brock Nelson. The last Brock Nelson. Well, okay. Is he better than Tom? Is Ryan Zingle better than Tom Kunakel? Again, I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm saying that we're we're pinning all of our hopes on our, our hopes and dreams on a guy who scored 44 points once, and then we're saying, "But this is a failure because we didn't get the 44 point player." No, it's a failure because they haven't done anything to improve the top six other than bring back Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle. They it's have not done the anything team. yet, and that's where the panic is is setting in July August September remember even October really remember when they they got uh, uh, God, Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty was that October 4th was it not or October 21st yeah. even I think it was October 4th yeah like it was right before the season six days I think before the season started they got both of those guys and, and even then if they don't get him right at the start they can get something later you know, there's an RFA on a team who just won't sign, who's holding out. Like, Brayden Point can't figure it out with Tampa Bay. He really wants to stay, but it's September 30th, and he can't figure it out. And he's going, you know what? I'm kind of tired of this. I'm willing to listen to options. Same thing with Mitch Marner. I'm tired of this. I'm willing to li- listen to options. When Shea Weber signed his his um, offer sheet back in, like, 1972, um, it, it was, you know, close to the season. Or maybe not that close. I think it was I the end of July. I think it was in August. Yeah, maybe August. But still, all I'm trying to say is that we, I, we seem to be building up the idea of Ryan Dezingle. He's a fine player. And yeah, would I spend $3.375 million on Ryan Dezingle? Sure. But if that's if this is going to be our barometer for success and getting stoked for next season, I think we need to rethink some things. I just think it allows you to add someone who ha- would have a reasonable cap number for the production that he's going to give you. But we're looking for someone better than this. We want better than this. This is settling. I think that's my problem. Okay. Well, is it though? Because what yeah. if you were to sign someone someone else, just pick a player or trade for somebody who is locked up at a, I don't know, five to $6 million cap hit for the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. And now you're potentially blocking guys like Oliver Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellis from ever getting a shot in the top six because you already have, you're going to have Barzell after their next year locked up, hopefully. You're going to have Anders Lee long-term, Jordan Everly long-term, Josh Bailey long-term, and now player X who you traded to. There's not a lot of slots. No, listen, I, I know there's not a lot of slots. It just, we have we have left, what, he's a right wing? He shoots left, but can play on the right. Yes. Um, we can fill that spot with a Josh Hosang. And who says Josh Hosang can't do what he's doing? He probably can't score the number of goals, 
but he can certainly set him up and put up that many points. They're not going to do that, though. You and I both know that it's probably going to be Anthony Bovillier or Tom Kunakel. At this point, it is. Yeah, but like, man, they have to. What else have they got? What else have they got? I just think that this was a missed opportunity in the sense of a team like Carolina added a very cheap option, but a productive option. Yes. uh, In their middle six for on on a good deal, only two years. So if it doesn't work out, you're not hamstrung to it for the next half decade like Andrew Ladd. Right. I, I don't, sorry, I don't mean to like argue to say that what Carolina did was a bad idea and we should never do anything like that. What I'm really trying to convey here, and I, I'm, I'm clearly doing it poorly, is just it feels like we're pinning all of our our expectations on going forward this season on getting a free agent. Whoever that free agent happens to be. At first, it was Artemi Panarin. And I'm not even complaining about, about you specifically. I'm just, I remember when the Dezingle was signed. It's like, oh my God, where was Lou? And you're like, well, you know, I, I, he clearly didn't want him. Because like, can you... T- can you honestly tell me that if the Islanders would have came in at Ryan Dezingle with a two-year offer for $4 million, he would have said yes, please? Or three and a half, he would have said yes, please? Yeah, probably. But Lou didn't want to do that. Um, and what I did. I know you did. That's true. Um, but I'm looking at this and I'm saying, like, we're pinning our, our, our hopes and our expectations on getting better next year on Ryan Dezingle. And that seems like an overreaction on our part. And I, I was guilty of that too for a while, of course. I looked at it and I was like, well, we, we need someone. The best way to do that at this point is free agency because we don't need to lose someone. And the only person left at a certain point was Ryan Zingle uh, that had any sort of cachet whatsoever. But when you look at it, you're going, what are we really adding here? Is this really what we're trying to do? Is you get amass enough third line depth as possible? I don't think he's third line. I think he's a prototypical second line player, which is the hole that they're missing because right now is Lee not a good top line left wing yes he is a good yes he is is Barzell not a good top line center he is a top line center yes is Jordan Eberle not a good top right winger yes yeah sure fine he could be okay so your top line you're good with all three of those guys correct is Bailey a good second line yes player is Nelson a good second line correct is Ryan Zingle a good second line player? No, he's a fine second line player. Again, he's Brock Nelson 2.0. He put up 44 points last year. That's what Brock Nelson did on the third no, line. He, the he put up 56. Sorry, right. I'm co- focusing on Ottawa. Never mind. So yes, I changed my idea. <laughs> I, I, I'm still, I'm still not in on saying like we should have got him and we're, we're failing because we didn't. I still think that we're putting too much emphasis on Ryan Dezingle, even as a 56-point player. Sorry, I have Cap Friendly open, and Cap Friendly does too good of a job of splitting things up by team, and I'm just seeing 44, and I'm, I'm focusing on that, rather than looking at his NHL page, which I did have open, by the way, um, and seeing seeing that, that that's 56. I'm still not down on giving him, not giving him on the Islanders pinning their free agency and 2019-2020 expectations on bringing in Ryan Dezingle. I don't like the idea of saying, we brought in Ryan Dezingle, we're good to go, boys. I don't think that's it. That's not the move we're looking to make. We're looking to make Artemi Panarin-type decisions. That's what we're looking for. How realistic is that? Oh, I'm not saying it's realistic, but that's what we should be aiming for. That's what we should be going for. Okay. Well, what about if they traded for uh, who's the guy in Minnesota? Zucker. Mm-hmm. Zucker. So, would you be okay with that? The thing with with trades is like, well, how much am I giving? Right. You're you're okay, just Nick, asking me what I like him on our on our team. Nope. Nick Le- the trade uh, the one for one Nick Letty for Jason, Jason Zucker. Zucker. He didn't have a good year at forty two points, but like that's a sixty four point player once. And also, you could say the same thing with Dezingle. He was a 56-point player once. True. That's true. Um, I'm not sure. But we're uh, what's his cap hit? Isn't it like $5 million for Jason Sucker? It's, it's five and a half, exactly Whoa, like Nick Letty, So we're not gaining anything out of that. No, but you would be having Ryan Dezingle, who might give you similar production for $2 million less on the cap. That is my point with missing out. What? The short-term deal 
which then allows guys It wouldn't be $2 million like, less because we still got Nick Letty at this point if we get to Zingle. It's actually $3.5 million more. I was talking about Zingle and... Oh, versus Zucker. Okay. Like, yeah, for production-wise. Sure. Okay. So you'd be getting similar production out of the, that player for less money, for $3 million less, or $2 million, whatever I said, less. And it's a short-term deal in the sense that after two years, Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, who at that point will be ready to play in the NHL, can get a top-six role. Sure, yeah. yeah. like you, you don't make any wrong statements. I don't... I don't necessarily disagree with everything, anything you're saying. What my my point of contention is, it seems that we're putting all of our eggs in the Ryan Dezingle basket, and I don't like that. Okay. Right. Like we, we had all of our eggs in the Artemi Panarin basket. It fell and broke all of our eggs. We gathered up a few more eggs and whatever we had left, and we put it in the Ryan Dezingle basket. And now that that fell through and broke all of the rest of our eggs, we're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And you're going, it was Ryan Dezingle. Like, let's not like lose our minds over Ryan Dezingle here. Okay. I, if Lou Lamarillo pulls off a trade and they improve and they have someone reasonable in the in the top six, then okay, then I get over losing out on Dezingle. But if you're going into next year with Tom Kunakal in the top six, then I'm going to be <laughs> you know, bitching about it still. That's fair. You're 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 that is fair. If Tom Kunhockel is the second line right wing for 82 games, y'all, we ain't hitting 103 points. That ain't happening. I don't think so. So, uh, I thought that would have been a good move for the Islanders. Uh, I'm kind of glad you disagreed because I thought we brought up both sides. So, you can let us know which side you take or you decide for yourself which side you take on that. Uh, anything else on this topic, or you think we both got our points? Again, across? I don't disagree that getting someone that could bring up fifty-six points for three and a half million dollars is a good idea. What I'm complaining about is the fact that we put all our eggs in that basket, and that we didn't. When we didn't get it, we went, "Ah, this is the worst thing ever." And you're like, "But it's not that bad." Like, yes, he scored fifty-six points once, but like, mm, there there are bigger fish out there that we could probably go for. And that hopefully we're trying to get. And that that's the thing. I, I think Lou is taking his time in the landscape trying to find someone bigger than Ryan Dezingle. However good his deal does. was. I hope he does. And of course, that's a very optimistic take and it's full of pitfalls and perils. But <laughs> damn it, that's what I want to die on. All right. Mitch is going out on his ledge and he is staying. <laughs> you put me out there on, on ledges. I'm, I'm done pushing and sitting on fences. <laughs> Fences, fences. Um, it only it only took a hundred episodes. <laughs> you want to get into the social stuff? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so I'll start. Want to do a quick little update on our man from last week, the Bagel Boss guy? So oh, oh, there's more. There, there's more. Why? A picture. A picture was released. He's a Rangers fan. He was rocking Rangers T-shirts. Thank God. Some of the social media stuff. So. Uh, Bagel Boss, not a member of the New York Islanders faithful, thank God, like we said. Also, wait, wait, Bagel Boss uh, is... Bagel Boss Guy. Oh, Bagel uh, Boss Guy, that's his name? No, his real name's like Chris something. No, but like that's his like internet name now, right? Like That's what we're going to know yeah. him by? Yeah, Bagel Boss Guy. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, he signed the deal to fight other viral internet stars, which is hysterical. A deal with who? Uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna have to look it up. Like, TMZ had the story. Don King's gonna go around saying, "Y'all want to fight my guy? My guy, I'll fight you." Like, no, no. Everyone's gonna look at him and say, "No, you're you're an idiot. Get out of here." It's at a Atlantic City Hotel, of course. His guy's name is Chris Morgan. Signs deal to fight other viral celebrities. No one's gonna take him up on it. Be like, why do I need to give you, Bagel Boss guy, a platform? Why would I do that? No one's going to want to give him a platform. Your 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 whole shtick is I yell obscenities for no well, gosh darn reason. The promoter already has a opponent in mind. Oh, who? Jake Paul? No. <laughs> Antonine Dodson? I don't know who that I is. I think the guy from Alabama, the 
the bed intruder video. The what? I'm oh. too old for this, I guess. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. It was a really good um Oh my god. It was a funny video. It was from twenty ten. It was from a while ago. You know, you could look it up. I don't know if it's hundred percent appropriate to get on the podcast, <laughs> but you could look it up on YouTube. I don't wanna I don't wanna go into that. Okay, fair enough. But that's our bagel boss update. He's a Rangers fan. Thank God. What do you got? I've got, uh, well, it was Brian Trottier's birthday today. Happy birthday, Trottier. So happy 63rd birthday. He's 63. 22nd pick overall, uh, which I believe is a second round pick. Uh, 1975-76 Calder Trophy winner. 78-79 Art Ross winner. Four times Stanley Cup. 1980 Conn Smythe winner. The guy's got a billion and a half points to his name. He's a Hall of Famer. Top 100 player in the NHL. Just absolute goat. So happy birthday to you. That's one of the things I had for my social segment. What, what Do you have something okay. else? I have something else. And now I'm ticked off because this is happening in real time too. What, what are we missing? Okay. Did you ref- Are you on Twitter on your desktop? I, I'm just loading it now. Refresh it. They changed the landscape of it. It stinks. The la- oh, they okay. Wait, I have my tweet deck. When I when you say Twitter, nope. okay. Nope. Go like twitter.com. I I kept seeing. Oh, it seems perfectly normal. Are you serious? I'm in Canada, mind you. I see okay, a whole well, new Twitter sh- is coming on the top right. I've been seeing that for the last couple of days. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen with you so you can get my. Uh, Live reaction over here. Just refresh it. I'm going to maximize the screen for maximum reaction. Get the mic closer. Here you go. go. Oh, gross. So much white space. It looks like the mobile one. See, like all the stuff is over here on the left side. News feed in the middle and then search on the right hand side. This is terrible. Well, that's kind of like what I have already for just Twitter.com. Really? Uh, for tweet for a tweet deck? No, no, for Twitter. It's, it looks it looks kind of the same. It just a little a little tweak. I don't know. That looks fine. Are you complaining about? I, you just your initial reaction was, "Oh, that looks terrible." You did you just do a one eighty on me in like ten seconds? <laughs> Sorry, I just mean like there's a lot of white space, and I don't like the font. But like other than that, like you're complaining about the layout of where everything is. I'm complaining about how much I'm white not- space is there. <sighs> I don't know. I like to go in the top right hand corner, hit my little tweet thing. I liked. I knew where everything was. Well, now just, you don't hit. I have to hit the tweet thing. You just type it in the what's happening. Hit enter. Or I guess. I don't How know. old are I, you? Seventy uh, five. I don't like change. Change is. It look. It doesn't look great because of all the white space. I'm used to having not so much white space, but like they really went for the white there. That's gonna blind you when you open your desktop first thing in the morning. Yeah, it, it is. I'm not going to enjoy looking on Twitter for stories now. Thanks a lot, Twitter. <laughs> Ruin that for me. Uh, well, then I have something that's not Twitter related. Uh, it's from Instagram, and it's uh, our boy Devin Taze just uh, proposed to his girlfriend. Hey, okay. So, Good for uh, you, Devon Taze. Congrats to Devin Taze. Um, th- he says, 365 days until you become a Taze. Can't wait to be by your side for the rest of our lives. Oh, that's sweet. And then I saw something the other day on Instagram. It was a Matt Barzal story. I don't really know Instagram very well. Um, he was golfing or at the driving range in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I believe, what's his name was there? Austin Matthews? Austin Matthews? I didn't see that when I when I loaded his, uh, his page or when I loaded the story, Austin Matthews was nowhere to be found. It just said Scottsdale, Arizona. He's at the driving range. I think someone maybe just <laughs> did did me in with with the good old Photoshop. Maybe you got duped. I got duped. I got duped early this year. But he was the Scottsdale Arizona is true. I'm not sure about the Austin Matthews thing. Matthew still leaves. Uh Matthew still he's on the Leafs. Matthew still the Isles. Let's got to try them. Confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. <laughs> uh, I got one more for you. Oh, okay. What do you think of the Face App thing? Uh, I guess Russia is stealing our faces now. I mean, if you don't think the government had your face already, I, I, <laughs> I don't really care. Know, like, what is Russia going to do with me? I guess they could like use it to create passports, I suppose, in their ultimate spy games. But at this point, like they're already doing that. 
No, but like, what do you think? Like, driver's license. The government already has your all your information. Like, I, I don't understand why people are freaked out about it. Just have fun. See what you're going to look like when you're 80 years old, and then forget about it. Like Pokemon Go. Whoa, whoa! Forget about Pokemon Go. I still have you know, it on still, my phone. I don't. Do you still play I it? Do not play it. But I still have it. Okay, 2016 call. They want their app. <laughs> Burn. Um, it is fine. I looked terrible, just like everyone else did. Well, most people, the athletes look perfectly fine. Jerks. They already look good as it is. Yeah. Um, not a whole great aging look for me. Did not love it. You looks fine. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's, what did mean is that I, had, I haven't shaved in a couple of days. So, like, I have the really bad growth. So, really bad old man growth with all the wrinkles and everything. Woof. Did not look good. I, that, it just made me want to put moisturizer all over my face. <laughs> I don't get old. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else for the social segment? Mm-mm. Okay. So that is going to do it for episode 100. Again, it's been awesome talking to you guys for 100 straight weeks. It's going to continue for hopefully another 100 more if they don't kick us off. They will not kick us off. Why We control the kicking of the off. <laughs> So that'll do it for this week. But before we get out of here, let's just do some plugs. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It helps with our searchability, helps us grow more, and we really appreciate all the support. You could also follow along with us on social media, on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You can like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. As we mentioned multiple times on this podcast, if you aren't already, you can subscribe to our Patreon content, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We do extra podcasts there, a weekly newsletter, and you can get that all for five bucks a month during the regular season and playoffs too. You get post-game podcasts as well. And finally, you can download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, or visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, it's been a lot of fun. Here's to another 100, baby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.